0: Hello and welcome back to Talking Shit with a Yank and a Brit. I don't know what that was.
1: I think you could tell by the way you were making me dance, though, is that it was fire.
0: You were busting some grapes. No, I thought you
1: were going to go like, talking shit with a Yank and a Brit. Like, I thought you were going to do the... Brit differently, so I'm going to need you to try it again.
0: Okay. Welcome to Talking Shit to where they ain't getting out, Brit. Ah. There we go.
1: Very, uh, I don't
0: know, show y
1: maybe? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I felt like I needed like, a top hat and some jazz hands, you know? Jazz.
1: It's just all the jazz hands. <laughs> that is how I will cabaret up my show at our cabaret just lots of this
0: lots of this and feathers
1: yep while i for people that chug. can't see
0: us we're jazz handing right now
1: <laughs> a little bit of <laughs> charleston and flappering and oh god yeah i probably shouldn't do that i don't think that would look that would go well you guys would oh, not be successful you wouldn't be a successful business
0: oh. okay well <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can be the matinee show, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when people come midday for the buffet or something. No, I just want you I'm... to
0: walk around the venue just going, jazz hands. Just, that's all you do. Jazz hands. Just walking up to people and jazz handing them.
1: That's all I can say, too. Like, I don't <laughs> get to say anything else.
0: Excuse me, miss. Do you know where the toilet is? You'd be like, jazz Jazz
1: hands.
0: hands. <laughs> yep. Okay, review.
1: Um, This place is really great. I, you know, I think a lot of the acts are really novel and interesting. Lots of beautiful women and men who are performers. But there's this one lady (laughs) who I'm not sure if she works there. I'm not sure if maybe she's just like a special needs relative of one of the owners. But all she does is walk around going jazz hands. So watch out for her. (laughs) She's a little bit scary. (laughs) that is that's gonna be my legacy very enthusiastic though
0: so.
1: <laughs> yeah she really commits so <laughs> <laughs> she
0: committed to the role yeah well what how have you been week- up to oh. i oh. will tell you good you tell me it out before i
1: did <laughs> um busy weekend i even had one of my friends comment on how many steps i got in because my like activity account is shared With some people, so you can see if I'm like meeting my rings, yeah, and I am. Like normally, that's what they see. So I wonder if they're like, did Kate like put her watch on a dog this weekend, (laughs) or what happened? But like Friday, we went to the Minnesota State Fair, otherwise known as the Great Minnesota Get Together, and I think we probably is that where they
0: have the butter statues that was the iowa one wasn't
1: it that's iowa now and i i'm actually a little surprised that minnesota hasn't attempted to do their own butter situation but Mm. it's a very big fair with lots of different like exhibits and attractions that i honestly don't think they need the butter sculptures to draw (laughs) any crowds because it's so many people there's so much food there's so many things to look at including the people who are there it's just nuts but always a good time I ate so many things (laughs) (laughs) and I mean one such thing was like fried fried cookie dough pie and Hmm. like birthday cake mini donuts and uh, tater tot crusted hot dog on a stick and (laughs) cheesecake curds. So, uh, you know, I did have to go get my stomach pumped at the end of the night. Yeah,
0: understandable.
1: But it was worth it.
0: Good, 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 good.
1: And, you know, the inevitable clogged arteries that they uncover down the road, probably.
0: Oh, that's a tomorrow problem
1: yeah it is you're right mm. and then on saturday i did a, a just a ton of manual labor for our friends in anticipation of their wedding a yeah, lot of shit. manual labor it was very Doing sore more. well my particular job was to basically mulch and like pull mulch and, and spread it out and uh it was just a lot of work from like 10 a 10 a.m to 6 p.m did it Oh,
0: damn yeah That is a lot of manual labor. Did you get Mm -hmm. paid or
1: no? But I slave trade. Yes, yes. I was. It was definitely unpaid work. But I wouldn't have expected that because we wanted to help, and they fed us and um, you know provided us with lots of delicious snacks and drinks and stuff. So encouraging quotes. Yep. I mean, they stood. (laughs) And we're like, great job. Now get back to work, you know, pretty frequently. But there was some (laughs) encouragement. (laughs) there.
0: Well, they sat Um, on the porch and drank lemonade.
1: Yep. And fanned themselves gently. Uh, (laughs) Levi was in town. And so he joined us to help with that and go to the fair. And then last night I went to yet another concert of some bands that I don't really listen to that much, except for All American Rejects.
0: (laughs) Nice. Who else was there?
1: So it was the Get Up Kids the starting line, um, Newfound Glory, and then mm. All American Rejects was the headliner, mm. and it's a tour and they're like swapping out other bands. So it was like the starting lines last night, and then Motion City Soundtrack is like replacing them. Right. But had I known that when I bought the tickets that Motion City Soundtrack wasn't going to be playing, I'm not I'm not sure I would have been as into going. So Oh. Yeah. Was
0: Nigel happy though? Well, so I know he's think? quite a fan of all of those.
1: Yeah, he was definitely living his best life. <laughs> <laughs> really
0: he's like, was. Kate, hold my bag. I need to get closer. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Uh, and I stood in the back, <laughs> just with like his his purse and his coat and his drink. You know, when he was not crowd surfing, and you know, looked at my watch Fangirling. inside a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a good show. I mean, that's all music I listened to, even if it wasn't those particular bands. So it was a good time. Nice. Lovely. Yeah. How's your weekend? What have you been up to?
0: Well, I've been hanging out with my new squeeze. (gasps) It's time. You heard it first. (laughs) (laughs) I am in a relationship, people. I'm off the market. Baby.
1: I am so surprised at this news. I had no idea. <laughs> 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 Tell me everything.
0: Yeah. It's been very nice. Uh came and watched me sing at one of my gigs. Nice. And we just did like nice couple y things really. Um I also paid a paid Played a prank on him. Did you Um, give him a heads up that you were going to be telling me
1: and the world about this?
0: I think he'll be fine with it. Okay.
1: Just
0: curious. Won't you? Um,
1: Yes, (laughs) Trema. Oh, was that him? Where is he?
0: Under your desk. (laughs) (laughs) Tied him up. So we have quite a, um, how would you say? A, I guess like fun dynamic. We like to take the piss out of each other, and mm-hmm. you know,
1: you're straight we, up mean to each other, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And the other night, I I know it's disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> so I stayed around here the other night. Um. And it had sort of come up in conversation that previously that he had a mannequin. Get um, a what? A mannequin.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: And I realised that this mannequin was under his bed. <gasps> Weird. Yeah. So. Why? <laughs> well, I guess it's just a handy storage place for this.
1: Okay. Let me rephrase. Why does he have? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's probably more important question. Uh, I don't know. I think he had it for some Halloween party or something.
1: Some weird sex thing. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, sex doll. <laughs> you know. um, so anyway, I decided to... He went to work. Um. I stayed for a bit and then went home. Mm-hmm. And I decided to play a little prank. I've just sent you the pictures of what I did. Oh, no.
1: Okay. So... Do you want me to describe what I'm seeing? Do you want to describe my face as I'm seeing them? <laughs> yeah, I'll
0: describe your face, and then you can. T- uh, oh, okay. Um,
1: <laughs> is the book part of this? <laughs> well, yeah. I just thought make it look a little more lifelike. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, first, far enough. If you don't zoom in, you wouldn't necessarily know what you're looking at. A mannequin just someone maybe with dead behind the eyes glare <laughs> 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 okay oh god
0: it's so creepy okay yeah so what I did is I got the mannequin I put it in his dressing gown and I popped it in his bed so that when he came back after work um there was a nice surprised man waiting for him in his bed yeah um so what happened it was quite a shock I believe <laughs> um <laughs> He rung me and just called me the C word. Oh, my God. But in an affectionate way.
1: Right, right, right. I get that. It's used way more casually than how some folks perceive it here. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, But the moral of the story is I'm really proud of myself, and it it obtained just the reaction I was after. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a really good prank, and I'm glad you did it. I also just want to comment on his pillow next to him. Okay. Yeah. Um, Is that three sheep?
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think there's a matching one kind of tucked behind. Okay. Well, I'll stop there. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to know more about these
0: pillows. (laughs) I don't know much about them apart from they've got sheep on them.
1: Could you get some, some of those details for me? (laughs)
0: Yes, I will.
1: Um, Alan, if you could give us
0: some feedback. I'm going to call him Alan. Um, Perfect. If you could uh, give us some feedback on the the sheep pillows, uh, where they're from, what they represent, and how they make you feel.
1: Yeah. Treasured, treasured family heirlooms, or did you just see them at the shop and you're like, ooh, I must have those. (laughs) (laughs) I like them. Let's not, like, get confused. I'm not making fun of them. I like them. (laughs) Good. Okay. I also like the peperomia in the corner. looks nice and healthy. And the mm. book, uh, you Many know, a plant. I guess I'm curious to know about the book. Like, is it a good book? What do you recommend it?
0: I don't think he started reading it. It was on the shelf, in the okay. to be read section. But I thought Joe the Mannequin would appreciate some bedtime a bedtime, bedtime
1: story. Yeah. yeah, I mean, kind of. I think probably a scary one, but maybe Joe the Mannequin isn't really afraid of much. That
0: mannequin's got cracking eyelashes. I will say that. What
1: he also you zoom in. in sleeps with his eyes open oh yeah damn mm. are we sure this isn't um
0: maybe josephine
1: the mannequin <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i mean there's sort of a, a prominent you know sort of ken bump Ken doll bump
1: oh right right
0: right because oh, i forgot okay
1: yeah. <laughs> well you better watch your back because i suspect something's probably coming your way i know And if Alan wants to, like, loop me in to help, I would absolutely say no, 100%. Call me, Alan. Call me, Alan.
0: Oh,
1: it's a good song. Um,
0: I didn't think about the repercussions.
1: Yeah, you're fucked. Sorry, dude. (laughs) Although he did
0: bring around loads of goggly eye stickers. And he stuck them on, like, my little Buddha in my bedroom and a picture downstairs.
1: Some cans of beans and some plants. Probably Jess's butthole.
0: Oh, probably. Yeah, maybe that's why she's been dragging her arm <laughs> on the floor for the past few weeks.
1: <laughs> Check it out. Let me let me know if there's a googly eye there.
0: I thought her butt was staring at me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> God. Oh, did you ever see the any like ads for those? gems that you can like hang on a cat's tail yeah like, <laughs> I, I don't know that why about? that's immediately what i thought of when i started visualizing googly <laughs> eyes on your dog's butthole so there's that
0: just got a <laughs> pair of glasses for our ass yep
1: there you go buddy What's <laughs> your face now <laughs> <laughs> well please keep me posted on the subsequent pranks that either you Commit or experience because I mm, do, yeah. do love a good prank, particularly oh, unlo- yeah on loved ones too because I don't know like they they have to kind of just get over it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's nothing they can do about it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a classic. Gemma and Kate mess around.
0: Oh, I, I think
1: we should maybe dip our toes into the water with yeah. our respective. Loved ones and s- then report back.
0: <laughs> yes, let's do that. I Classic need Deborah mess around. Mess
1: arounds. All right, I need some fishing wire, 16 tubes of Colgate toothpaste. It's got to be Colgate, that's important. And um, <laughs> about 25 <laughs> yards of sod. Okay, sort. just making a am- mess. Yeah, just, you know, like the fake, like you. Grass that you can roll out, and
0: oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Just making a mental note.
0: Okay, I'll write that down.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be real expensive, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> Do you know what I
0: love is on New Girl with Winston's pranks when uh, he marries the girl too? too yeah, far too, <laughs> too small. <laughs> yep,
1: yeah. sticks a feather in Cece's mom's shoe, <laughs> or has a badger released in cc's wedding to chevron (laughs) (laughs) like a rabid badger oh god oh it's a good show yeah Good um what else i mean you had a gig i know which is why we're recording a little bit
0: later than normal uh i'm just looking at my camera i went to a pub quiz actually we went to a pub quiz on thursday and we fucking won where was it at? Can we
1: go when I come over? What was your team name? What did you win? What were some of the questions?
0: That's a lot of questions. Okay. I love pop um, quiz. <laughs> so it was at a brewery in Tentadun. Oh, tentudun. 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 It is like Tentudun, yeah. Um, <laughs> tentudun. And it was quite cool, actually. It was like quite fun questions and there were like challenges as well. So like... Mm-hmm. They had certain challenges, like the first person to give the barman something beginning with F, like the first 10 people get a point or something like that. Did Um, you give them a frog? I can't remember what you gave them now. A flag. And then they had like a true or false round where everyone stood up and you had your hands on your head if it was true and hands by your side if it was false. And if you got it wrong, you had to sit down and then it was the last three people standing got either 15 10 or five points Mm, okay um and we got the 15 points which clinched it for us nice and we won a shitload of um ciders and beers that sounds fun like
1: i really really love trivia a lot do you like a lot it's i'm just
0: gonna start writing stuff down for when you come over
1: I only just finally got to go to one in England when we were there last, too. We went to Regal's Cross, and that's where I learned the game about, like, saying really neutrally song lyrics.
0: Oh, is it?
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Oh. Actually, I'd like to do a little shout out. I mean, we've noticed in recent months that various Instagram ads are using the same music as this podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, There's now the Emma Mattress (laughs) advert, which is on national TV, which is using our pod music. Um, And I would file a lawsuit, but it is royalty-free music, so I can't. Um, (laughs) But I'd just like to say to Emma... If you'd if like you to, sponsor to sponsor this pod, <laughs> <laughs> we could come up with some kind of arrangement. We could both share the music and help each other out. I scratch your back, you scratch mine, you know.
1: I know you didn't consult with me on this, but I am 100% for it and uh, we'll try a mattress.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I also will try a mattress if you'd like to give us a free mattress. And we'll endorse, endorse it it. <laughs> We'll endorse it heavily on this on this podcast. Let's go so. endorse-a-ling.
1: <laughs> I immediately thought of like dorsal fins. Oh. <laughs> well, you do love sharks. <laughs> we know this. So that tracks, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So I don't know whether you saw it recently, but there were a few articles that came out saying, well, that watching true crime is potentially a massive red flag.
1: Massive, even, not just a red flag, but like... Massive. The title um,
0: says massive.
1: Okay. (laughs) I, I don't think I did see this, actually, so... Oh, really? Give me some more details.
0: Okay, well... So a psychologist has warned that tuning into true crime shows to relax is a red flag. Psychologists have suggested that it's a major red flag if you use true, t- true crime shows to relax. Um, it turns out that watching these scary or violent shows can actually be the sign of something more serious. Dr. Thema Bryant explains that treating true crime shows as a way to relax before bed could mean the trauma portrayed in the series is familiar to you. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. So, okay.
0: yeah, so she's basically saying that if your idea of relaxing before you go to sleep is to watch three episodes of for Forensic example, Files. Yeah. yeah, Law and Order, um, mm-hmm. then she would encourage you to think about why that, why is trauma relaxing to me?
1: Well, it's because it's, I think she's kind of saying like, this seems, this is normalized to you because of either your experiences or something. And so that it's like a comfort because it's what you know, right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: So it's, um, if you grew up in high stress situations or Mm -hmm. have, you know, been harmed or involved in crime or attacks, violation, um, it feels familiar to you. And so that's what feels comforting Mm -hmm. to some people. When it
1: really shouldn't, right? No.
0: It's probably not a healthy sign.
1: No. I definitely thought you were going to say, like, if it's comforting to you and something deeper is happening, uh, like, you might be a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) That also could
0: be... A potential red flag.
1: Okay, so I guess tell me, what's your position on, like, true crime? The obsession with it. Like, how do you feel about it? Do you are do you enjoy it? And then, if so, was this a red red flag you disclosed to, you know, all your suitors? <laughs> Immediately, yeah. The whole slew of them, <laughs> as
0: I'm gesturing around my room. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I did also get really obsessed with true crime, Um, podcasts, documentaries, Mm -hmm. dramas. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I do still like them. But I think I got a little too obsessed. So it started with Serial, the podcast.
1: Yeah, me too. And
0: My Favourite Murder. Yeah, and My Favourite Murder. Um. I think Sarah was like probably the f- one of the first podcasts I listened to. I think
1: me too with Adnan Syed, right? Yeah, that, the first. Yeah, that was mm. actually just a really good series.
0: I thought, but it was. And if you haven't listened to it, I mean, check it out because it's great. Um, just an investigative dive into the yeah the story of um, I think it's hey Min, the yeah, girl who got murdered, and mm-hmm. Adnan Syed, and hit the case against him. Mm-hmm. Essentially, he was obviously put away for her murder and it's sort of a delve into whether he did it or not and if he's guilty or innocent and the whole way through it's
1: back and forth back really. and forth and yeah.
0: can't decide and even the journalist doesn't know. So it's it's really mm-hmm. good, really well done. Um and then obviously making a murderer is kind of
1: oh yeah. Yep.
0: The same thing but delves more into like potential corrupt police involvement and courts. Yeah. Courts and things like that. So that set me off on a bit of a obsession with it. I started listening to loads of different podcasts on various murders, serial mm-hmm. killers, mm-hmm. you know, psychopaths, cults, like, just everything really. But then I got to a point where I started to, I felt it was affecting me.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Like, I felt a bit more paranoid. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as a woman anyway, when you're walking down the street at night, it's you're well aware of your surroundings and on edge anyway. Yeah. But it felt worse. I was, like, yeah. getting worried about people breaking into my house at night and mm-hmm. attacking me like the Golden State Killer and <laughs> things okay. like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it started to affect me in more ways than one. And I thought, mm. I think I need to just take a little step back from the old murder docs (laughs) and uh, listen to something a little bit more funny, hence why we started this podcast, (laughs) to relieve people of their stress and worries.
1: You know, it's funny because I feel like my origin stories are kind of the same as yours. Um, That's why we're friends. Yes, that's the only reason. The only reason, yeah. Yeah. but then I remember there being kind of a a shift in the podcast we were talking about and listening to um kind of away from the dark stuff and the true crime mm-hmm. stuff to, you know, the more amusing stuff or like serious stuff that's not about that anyways, you know? Yeah. And I, I think you and I probably were on that same kind of vibe of just like, okay, I don't I don't know if I need to take a break from it. Maybe I've just kind of lost interest, maybe desensitized. I I'm not sure. But it if you can stand back and kind of look objectively at this whole kind of true crime phenomena phenomenon. It's like I can understand it. And I I still have to think about like what drew me to it. Because I think with cereal, that was just a well done mm story that was more than just about this murder right yeah so but then like my favorite murder which has this kind of blend of humor and telling the stories of the victims and i know there's people out there who kind of feel strongly against some of their work and there's people who really love it i really kind of i'm i've kind of stopped listening to to that podcast as much too um But I think there's something to be said about the fact that like finding humor in kind of some really dark stuff, as much as that can really kind of be initially horrifying to people, there's, there's something, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? There's something to it in terms of like processing it, I guess, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think it's a, it's, I think I can't speak for men, but I think for, women at least it's like it's a way for us to learn Mm -hmm. especially obviously in relation to to serial killers and Mm -hmm. because most people that get murdered are women Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's a way of learning how to potentially avoid those situations how to protect ourselves and like signs to look out for in the real world I think that's why people are drawn to it so much
1: yeah I have have you ever with any of your friends or just like in a discussion with anyone talked about like a a true crime thing and discuss like you know if that were me mm. this is what I would have done or yeah you know like or now I, I I'm gonna think twice about walking down a dark alley in the middle of the night, you know, something like that. Yeah. Have you, And it almost feels like it's a way for people to, when you're kind of talking about these things with your friends, like, share information in a way to, like, kind of give a heads up and also discuss ways to, like, be safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Though, it, like, if I found myself, like, chloroformed and put in a trunk, I'd be like... I'm very much the type of person who's like, I just hope my death is (laughs) fast. I just give up. (laughs) So there is that. (laughs) There was a study I was reading about um, in an article I saw kind of related to this where it was that for women in particular, it's kind of linked to the fear of victimization. And I also think for some of it, a part of it is like, we want to know the why
0: mm, maybe this is yeah. this is
1: maybe more what it is for me like for example
0: 100 percent
1: the let let be case yep To to me it's the it's the why of how someone could do that and wanting to i guess seek meaning behind their actions in a way that mm. isn't just like just anybody is capable of this there's something genetically biologically wrong with this person they have a mental health issue they've had a brain injury they had you know something that doesn't Mm -hmm. just like make any person a risk to us because Mm -hmm. I think we as a people have a hard time accepting that you for example Gemma just one day could decide to be a monster
0: that's it and there's a very big difference between a passion killing Mm -hmm. where someone has got angry and lost their head and Potentially snapped. Ac- snapped and accidentally killed someone. Yeah. And then premeditated murder where it's what am I trying to say? So like there's various different reasons why people kill and some of it is like sexually driven, some of it is because they're
1: trauma driven because of a trauma driven, yeah. yeah.
0: Um there's so many different reasons, but it's so alien to us as "quote unquote" normal people, mm-hmm. um, and especially cases like the Letby case, where you know she—it would appear she is guilty of killing and attempting to kill numerous premature babies. Yeah, like what's gone through her head to? make her want to do that why is she doing it what's she thinking like Mm -hmm. it's such a crazy thing to even consider like i'm too scared to steal a sweetie out of a shop oh (laughs) come on now
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but
0: I am. Like, I feel extreme guilt doing things like that. For someone to kill children or, you know, break into people's houses and sexually assault assault them them and, yeah, in front of their partners and then kill them. Like, it's just an absolutely horrific and terrible thing to do. And it's fascinating to learn how... People get into that mindset. What happens to their brain?
1: Well, we want something to have happened to them, I feel like. Yeah.
0: Right? The like most scariest thing that. is when nothing has happened. Yeah.
1: They're like, we can't, like, the parents are like, I, you know. They had a great upbringing. A no- and- yeah. And no TBI, no trauma. And it's just like, this is just who they were. And I think, you know, you can probably go through a bunch of different like big killers in history and some of them have some of those things some of them had like a really traumatic Mm -hmm. upbringing or experienced head trauma too or or something and then kind of became known as I can't I I could probably name several serial killers but I I can't say I would recall that their actual background but like Ted Bundy I think is one where people are still like yeah not really sure why bro was like that you know
0: that's it and interestingly, I you know a while ago I went to that talk on serial killers. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, and she was talking about there was a guy that was doing a big study into it. Because um, as you said, like a lot of them have childhood trauma or were assaulted themselves or um, had a, a head in or brain injury, but there's some killers that just kill for apparently no reason. Mm -hmm. So he started looking into um, the brain scans and brain matter of various murderers and serial killers and discovered that there's a certain part of the brain that's, um, I can't remember (laughs) whether it was overfiring or underfiring, but Mm -hmm. it basically found that killers all had this particular brain anomaly in common, Oh, okay. And so they could potentially pick that up in people and it, it's basically related to empathy. Like, they don't have empathy for other people, basically. Look
1: this
0: and he ended up doing loads of brain scans um, with serial killers and murderers, loads of normal people um, and then loads of just like random people as well. And found that a lot of serial killers had it, um, and then also came across one of the random test subjects had it.
1: Okay, so someone who's supposed to be in, like, the control normal population group?
0: Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Looked up who it was, and it was him. Bum, bum, bum. Wait, sorry, it was who? It was the scientists. <gasps>
1: Oh, it was his own.
0: It was his own brain.
1: He's like, when am I going to start killing? <laughs> That's it.
0: Um. So then that like prompted more research and they obviously found that, you know, you can have this abnormality, but it's how you deal with it. And his particular lack of empathy made him a good scientist because he was mm-hmm. very logical and... Mm-hmm sort of unemotional in that sense. Um, But he also said, you know, I had a really good upbringing. My mom was incredible and I never had any knocks to the head. So maybe that also affected it.
1: So it's kind of fair to say there's a correlation amongst people who kill and this brain abnormality, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean everyone who has it is going to be a killer because it probably is a vulnerability that needs some other thing to kind of trigger it. Right. So because he didn't have a, a difficult childhood, he had a good upbringing, lots of support, you know, probably didn't experience a lot of things that a lot of the other ones did. He, it didn't almost like cue that abnormality mm. in a way. And that's true about mental health, um, issues as well. Cause you think yeah. about, certain mental health issues, mood disorders, personality disorders. And we talk about like, are they genetic? Is it nature? Is it nurture? Mm -hmm. And I think like for the most part, there's, it's a bit of both. We don't know for sure, but there is like a genetic predisposition to certain things. If you have family who has depression, for example, you're more likely to or bipolar Um, doesn't mean you will, but you're more genetically predisposed, but you also kind of need like, um, like a catalyst a little bit to, to kind of spark it. Mm. So for him, what made him like particularly sec- successful was because of perhaps some of this, plus yeah. his nurture, his environment, mm-hmm. whereas those people who did kill didn't, and it sent them down you know, a different pathway, I guess. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I think he was like the great-grandson of some prolific murderer as well that he found out through this. Oh. Um, so it seemed to be a genetic... Mhm. Thing. I'm not talking very well today. <laughs> you had the day off. It's okay. Blah. Yeah. Um. I also think one of the reasons I've kind of I've not gone off true crime. I'm just not as obsessed with it anymore. Yeah. It's because one, I think the market's been like just saturated. absolutely saturated with it. Like there's so much shit out there now. It's true, and I think some things have gone a little bit too far. Like some people, in a way, glorifying mm-hmm. serial killers, not respecting the victims. Like the stories are always more about the killers and not the poor people that lost their lives. Um, because there was, you remember the the Dharma show on Netflix. I don't know. Did you watch it? I'm guessing not. Killed gay guys.
1: Oh, Dom, Dommer. Okay. Your accent threw me there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I dick. thought you
1: said Dharma, like as in Dharma and Greg. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, I have seen that show. What's that got to do with this? <laughs> but yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah and people know. really, I think we're like
0: because of the actor too but we're like
1: I love him Jeffrey Dahmer
0: yay mm. <laughs> and then it turned out that they didn't contact any of the victims families yep before releasing it or you know that's bang out of yep. order if you're yeah, going to depict them in a drama series you've at least got to get their permission or just give them a heads up that it's happening did you watch it i did yeah
1: did you, so did i and did you feel it made me uncomfortable because at some point there was, and I I think this is probably closer to, like, the true life than not, but, like, at some point I'm like, this the way this is being portrayed almost makes me feel kind of bad for him. Mm. You know, so you're starting to have, like, some empathy for this person. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder... And they if, often do. It, yeah, some intentionality with that.
0: Mm. But, again, I think that is kind of the nature of it because a lot of these... People, when you do look into their backstory, have a fucking terrible upbringing. Yeah, and there there have been certain docs or shows that I've listened to where I I am like fucking hell, like I I can un- not understand why they're doing it, but I can understand how they've got to that point. Like yeah. they've had the most terrible life. Just no
1: chance in hell, really, no. to be a functional human. Right. That's it. No, and I think that's the other reason too that we try to seek motive an intent behind such horrible things because it's just, even if we can't understand why I can't understand why this, this nurse did this to all these babies. And like, it seems like she put herself in a position to have access, Mm
0: -hmm. which is
1: even worse. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. but like I would, it would make me feel a little less uneasy, upset, confused about it. If I knew for sure that it was because Of I don't even want to make excuses or give examples that could be her motive, but you know what I mean, I think. Yeah. Right. Just where it's Mm. like, I guess, like those things made her snap.
0: Yeah, it would. (laughs) Yeah. Not understandable, but it would make it easier to It's an answer to to what an otherwise,
1: yeah, otherwise kind of like senseless thing right? Yeah. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And we need to have order and labels kind of in order to be able to process things, mm-hmm. which is why people go to therapy, you know? Yep. Um, to kind of identify the things that, you know, dictate our actions and what, why mm-hmm. we are who we are. And I think, I don't think if any of these people could have, like, I don't think this let me person could have gone to therapy and probably had have that change her, but who knows? <laughs>
0: No, and I think the the scariest thing with her is that, you know, she was clearly, a, she's been described as very intelligent, very conscientious. Um, and I think, for me, the thought of killers being very intelligent and very aware of what they're doing, even scarier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, like Ted Bundy, like he's described as good looking and charismatic, charming charming and, you know, not your typical serial Mm -hmm. killer. I mean, I don't know what a typical serial killer looks like or is meant to look like, but that makes it all the more scarier because it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing.
1: Well, and I don't you think that there's probably people out there who are a little bit nervous about like giving birth and they're side-eyeing their nurses now. Like yep. she went under the radar for long enough mm-hmm. that she was able to do that. I, it would make me wonder, you know, you put a lot of trust in to people. I put a lot of trust into, you know, strangers all the time that they're not going to be monsters who do something yeah. horrible. Like I let people come do service work at my house and just hope for the best, you know, yep.
0: just hope I don't
1: get murdered. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of. I think that's probably why we see. I think we kind of said this at the top. Why we see it's major, like a lot more female audience in a way. Yeah, for some of these things, um, because of uh, I think just it's kind of our day to day life, and maybe there's a little bit of like education and preparation, but also maybe some comfort in knowing that like we're all in this together. There's women out there who've suffered and you know, we remember them and we think about like them when we, you know, try to protect ourselves and our, our female friends. Mm-hmm. I also think that like a lot of them are like single women who have maybe the unfortunate reality of having to be a little bit more protective of themselves because yeah. they don't have support, you know, at mm-hmm. home or something like that.
0: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And there seems to be like a massive rise in the popularity of toxic masculinity,
1: yeah, at which the is moment. making it even worse that for like the women who yeah. are constantly having to take measures to protect themselves, right? exactly.
0: Hmm. like did you hear they've actually had to send like psychologists into schools because like the boys are being brainwashed into this like Andrew Tate mentality from like TikTok and stuff and so they're actually having to send people into schools to be like boys this isn't right (laughs) you can't actually treat women like that and this is how (laughs) you should treat them as equals because it's not actually acceptable and it's very dangerous and harming and like what why has it gone so backwards (laughs) And why is it so popular that that's now happening?
1: That was happening in the UK. I remember you telling me about this, like that was happening a while ago, but I, I, I don't think that's happening here because I actually don't think that like, as a society, we care as much <laughs> here, in, here in America. Uh, no, yeah, it's unfortunate. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've been thinking about like toxic and fragile masculinity for a long time because you know we see really horrific things happening to mm. women by men either like men they knew or strangers because of in- entitlement and like gender roles and like kind of it, i think some of the the expectations we put on men and women mm. and i i think we talk about like the shame that it is that it's happening but we never actually talk about why. So if if there are people sending psychologists into schools here, then that would mean like we actually care about something. Oh <laughs> yeah, poor
0: little America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh god.
1: So did you did you see any follow up about that? Like, is it effective, or were the boys like, no, <laughs> we no, want to be toxic? <laughs> One thing that I think about is, is it this like idea that men can't be emotive, men can't have feelings, men can't, men have to be X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. that leads to like this kind of repression of themselves and then like the only acceptable form of like emoting from a man is anger, right? Yeah. Because that's very masculine and fighting, oh, boys will be boys, Mm. you know? And that's why I think one of my – we talked about this a while ago. The ick for me is when I see this kind of like over display of anger and machismo and masculinity and like, "Mm, you want to go, bro? Like I fucking hate that so much. (laughs) But I think that's like men think that that's like – they're maybe they don't think, but subconsciously that's how they are taught to act.
0: Yeah, I think it's um, as you say, like boys are told not to cry. Boys don't cry, mm-hmm. and that's actually your body's way of releasing trauma and releasing emotions. So mm-hmm. if they're holding all that in for yeah. twenty, thirty years, the only way they can act out. Is aggression and violence. Um, yep, and then you know there's people pushing it, like Andrew Tate.
1: Yeah, tell me what you read about him.
0: Um. Well, to be honest, I've like stayed away from him. Obviously, I saw that he was arrested for human trafficking. Yeah, um, looks like real good boy. role model boys. Nice. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> um, looked like he ran like a webcam business. Gross. Um, Employed like 70 odd girls, and, and loads of them have accused them of being held captive and being forced to do certain non-consensual things. things. Yes, non-consensual yes. things. Yeah. Um, so I just had a quick look at some quotes that he has made. He see, It seems he doesn't like poor people. He doesn't like women. He seems (laughs) to think that in order to be successful, you just have to have lots of money and drive a Lambo or a Ferrari.
1: And don't be beta.
0: Don't be beta. (laughs) Um, He doesn't think depression is real. It's when you're beta. Um, So he said here about men crying, he said, oh, real men cry and women can cry and men cry too. There's nothing wrong with it. But there absolutely is something wrong with it. Life as a man is far more difficult than life as a woman.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> he said on children, I think the most important thing anyone can do in their life is have children. When I speak to some of these feminists who are like, I don't want kids, I think you're the most miserable, stupid bitch in the world.
1: I feel seen by him <laughs> now. <laughs>
0: Uh, It's all about, like, rejecting weakness. He says, reject weakness in any form. You don't need to be handsome. You just need to be scary. How? Get big in the gym. Have status. Make money and be competent and dress like a mafia boss. Got cancer, bro? That's just weakness. Yeah, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, did you ever see the Barbie movie?
0: No, I haven't yet.
1: Okay. I will refrain from discussing that
0: further at this juncture. Okay (laughs) Hold that thought I just wanted to do some on on the women ones Because these are are in They're exciting (laughs) So I was getting on a plane And I could see through the cockpit That a female was a pilot And I took a picture and said Most women I know can't even park a car Why is this woman (laughs) flying my plane? And they banned me (laughs) Okay Females are the ultimate status symbol. People think I'm running around with these hoes because I like sex. That's nothing to do with the reason why I'm running around with these bitches. I've got these bitches so everyone knows who the Don is.
1: Okay, so, like, objectified, but we're also, like, the worst. It's so, it's, yeah. there's such it's very confusing sometimes. Yeah, I'm so confused. <laughs> but okay.
0: Yeah, so essentially he's um, a twat.
1: Yeah, big time.
0: Far from what I can work out.
1: I just like... It seems to me like probably he got his rise because he was like maybe rejected when he was younger. Maybe he was small. Maybe he was kind of a nerd or a loner and felt like he didn't get enough attention from women mm. and became sort of like, have you heard about like incels? Yeah. You know, like yeah. that whole group where it's like, I hate women. They don't want to fuck me and fuck them. But mm-hmm. then like all they want, like as soon as they get a girlfriend, like some, it's just like, it's such a nag. Like, well, if you don't like me, then I don't like you. Fuck you then. And I just, I don't understand how, no, I guess that's just it. I just don't understand.
0: No, I don't understand either. I don't get it. Can someone explain it to us? Yeah. If we could get some, (laughs) some alphas on to explain uh, what crack is. I think, yeah. I mean, here's a quote as well. Which sort of sums it up. I think the women belong to the man. hmm So they feel like they own us. And maybe they're threatened because historically and traditionally the woman did belong to the man and, and we relied on men for you know, our, our money, our food. You know, historically we, we had to get married to a man because otherwise we didn't have yeah. anything when we we couldn't work and
1: that was how you kind of carried on like supporting your family as a woman, right?
0: Yeah. So maybe it's like like an ancestral trauma as well. Yeah. But they're not all men are like it, are they? There's no there's lovely men out there. It just seems to be a weird little bunch that <laughs> can't get over it.
1: Well, and I think hearkening back to kind of like your days on the dating apps, mm. I'm assuming you encountered some of them, right? Like yeah. you maybe didn't respond fast enough or you were kind of like, Mo, no, you know, thanks, but no thanks or didn't laugh at a joke. And it was kind of like, well, you're ugly anyways. It's like you swiped right on me though, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, but yes, it seems to me like, it's like with anything. There's the the bad apples that ruin the whole bunch, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but they're always like the most vocal too. So, and I just, you know, we think, hear about feminism almost as sometimes as if that's a dirty word too. But I think a friend of mine said this to me after we saw the Barbie movie about kind of the point is that the patriarchy and like masculinity actually is really not working for men either. And it's really mm-hmm. kind of harmful yeah. for not only women but also men. Yet it still exists and gets, you know, it seems like it's kind of resurged. And I think part of that is to do with Trump and some of his bullshit too. Yep. Um and making it kind of more acceptable to say things that perhaps people didn't want to say or like say that they believed in. So they at least faked it. Mm. <laughs> Which is why, you know, I think there are so many women falling for kind of like that fake persona. And then it's like, oh it turns out that this person was an abusive piece of shit, you know. And then we see the issues like the kind of prevalence of intimate partner violence and like, you know, sexual assault from someone you know, whether it's a long-term partner or a short-term partner or a friend because of this kind of entitlement. And like mm-hmm. I, you know, maybe one day we can talk about our own experiences kind of um, with horrible relationships or having to, mm-hmm. you know, have just terrible encounters with men. But I often joke about this, even though I shouldn't. Um for a couple of reasons, but just, like, I, there was a serial, like, groper, molester, rapist thing going on when I was in college, Mm -hmm. and to the point where, like, the school and the local law enforcement basically created little shuttle buses for people at the end of the night to get rides home, men and women, it wasn't exclusively women, but, like, primarily for the women because they were the ones who were getting attacked, and I was like, (laughs) pfft, No one's gonna molest me. Look (laughs) at me. I'm fine. I'm gonna walk home (laughs) by myself. No biggie. And I did. And thank, yeah, thankfully nothing happened to me. But like, that was how I think also because of society problems, I was like, how like I would be very arrogant to assume that someone would want to attack me. (laughs) Oh, God. But there was like, yeah, I think it was actually a couple different guys doing it, but just like basically waiting for drunk females walking home or just alone, maybe not drunk in the middle of the night and like basically jumping out of bushes and like groping them. I don't think Mm -hmm. anything went much further than that, but obviously scary and like disgusting and what the fuck. Like we can't. And then it's like, well, walk home in groups or get a ride home. Why do I have to moderate my behavior Hmm. for you? You know, let's teach men to not do that instead. <laughs>
0: and yeah, exactly. I once had an experience on on a bus. I was coming back from college. And um, funnily enough, I sat at the top of the double-decker bus and there was like a homeless guy walking up and down, like clearly on crack or something. Mm-hmm. And I was really scared of him. And this guy then got on the bus and sat in the seat opposite me on the other side of the aisle and I thought oh my god
1: yeah okay
0: yeah so like parallel to me yeah and I thought oh thank god he's got on like at least I'm not gonna get attacked by this homeless guy now and halfway into the journey I like noticed out the corner of my eye that he had undone his trousers and whacked his dick out and was just sitting there my god with his cock out Mm. and I was like it like
1: The normal guy, not the homeless man.
0: Yeah, the normal guy, my saviour.
1: Normal quote-unquote guy,
0: yeah. Mm. And he was like smirking and it made me feel physically sick. And I was, you know, I was quite young at the time. I was, I must have been 16, 17 to be fair. Right, Even so so, like no
1: skills whatsoever to like protect yourself, ask for help. No, Respond no. because like at that point you're like, just don't make any noise and be
0: polite. Exactly. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and just sat there and tried not to look at him until I got to my stop and then ran off and ran to my parents and told them about it and called the police. But the police then didn't get in contact with me for another three months. And I then had to go into the police station and they did, like, a photo lineup where I had to try and pick him out,
1: oh, three months later,
0: three months later, of I think it was sixty mugshots
1: when you were more nervous about the homeless guy, and then really, probably, as soon as you saw the other guy's penis, chose not to look at him
0: again, exactly yeah, that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turned out I heard through other people that there had been this guy who had been flashing school kids on yeah. the bus for a period of months and nothing seemed to have been done about it. And bear in mind as well, we have CCTV cameras on buses. Mm-hmm. So if, if they had wanted to look into it, they probably could have, you know, at least pinned down where he was getting on, where he was getting mm-hmm. off, what mm-hmm. times he was targeting people, things like that. Um, but they didn't do anything about it. And by the three months point, I could not remember what he looked like.
1: Got any pictures of his penis? Because maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but that's the kind of behavior that escalates as well. It starts off with flashing. Oh, yeah. Then it mm-hmm. escalates to something else because they don't get a thrill out of it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it could have, you know, potentially have escalated into something much more serious. But it didn't seem like it was being taken seriously. Do you
1: think that that's something you could have, like, maybe said to the driver at all? Like, a part of me just is like... That would have been something I would have considered in those shoes, in your shoes, but maybe not. Mm. But then I'm also like... That's what I should have done. Is the driver even equipped... Well, is the driver even equipped to, like, deal with it? Like, other than get a fucking good look at this guy, right?
0: Well, I I think I did speak to someone about this and they said, yeah, you, what you should have done was speak to the driver when you were about to get off. Mm-hmm. And what he should have been trained to do is to stop the bus, not let anyone off and call the police. Oh yeah, and get okay. him arrested there Good. and then.
1: So that's part what I should have done. Would be like, oh,
0: yeah, well, I'm so I was just so yeah. like just wanted to get out of that situation. I was like, I just want to get off the bus.
1: It goes back to like this kind of debate about should we be teaching kids younger, you know, in in school? Like, here's what to do if this happens. Here's what to do yeah. if this happens. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, Yep, we got to teach kids how to like know what to do to stay safe. And then it's like other people are like, No, let's teach little boys to not be fucking perverts yeah you know and it's like not to rape that's it's probably both it's a conversation about both right um but i I, like i said i don't know if i would have thought of that either and you know depending on how the bus drivers are trained like putting like imagine if it was just like a little old lady would you want to put her in that situation like this guy's showing me his junk upstairs, he's kinda scary and she's like, Okay, dear, let me just go have a chat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, tricky, isn't it? Yeah. And you don't know how I you're am- gonna react in that situation until it happens really
1: No. And nothing quite like that has happened to me, though my own experiences um more involved people I knew. Mm.
0: Um yeah, I've got but similarly
1: well. <laughs> no clue really like other than blame myself some for some reason. Um, like I am the reason this happened to me. Mm. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's really frustrating too, because I, I feel like even it's, it's like a spectrum. We have Andrew Tate kind of on this one end. And then, you know, we have kind of people, men on the other end of the spectrum who probably are, you know, to the extreme, you know, non-toxic masculine or whatever you want to call the other end of the extreme, but then very like normal people men we know who we would never consider to be problematic but still have kind of some of these belief systems or ideals mm-hmm. because of what our what society says like yeah. and or they maybe don't even just
0: make like inappropriate jokes and you yeah know, when they're with the lads mm-hmm. and yep you know things like that which they'll say is bants but would you say it to your daughter
1: perpetuate just like also kind of not perpetuating but like giving normalizing or giving a pass to things that then other men take to the next level yeah so like lads night they're all kind of making jokes about things but then one of the guys decides to go to the next level and he's like no my boys thought it was you know she shouldn't have been wearing that then yeah she was asking for it well I think this is an ongoing conversation but I am curious to hear what the audience at home you know think about hmm. true crime toxic masculinity the influence like if you are a big lover of true crime tell us why if you've thought about it if you're not tell us why if you think that there's an answer to how to address <laughs> this kind of issue <laughs> please we'd do love that to hear it. <laughs> yeah because that's what we're doing on this podcast solving the
0: world's problems yes obviously so get in touch by emailing talkshit to us at gmail.com or get in touch on social media, which is T-S-Y-B pod. Oh, nailed it that time. Nailed it. Crushed it. Thank you. I had to look at the keyboard just to <laughs> look at the letters. <laughs> you <just> highlighted them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, do get in touch. Join the conversation. Send us any stories or um tales that you have. Mm-hmm. That we could discuss or help you with because we are more than qualified to do that. Am
1: I the asshole? You know you are, baby. Yeah.
0: That's very high pitched, that one.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry to all the dogs and people listening too loud with their <laughs> AirPods. <laughs>
0: Okay, Am I the arsehole for telling my fiancé that if he expects me to contribute 50-50, we have to make some serious lifestyle changes? Hmm. My fiancé sat me down yesterday and gave me a long talk about how he feels like I don't contribute enough to the household, particularly in the financial sense. I was a bit caught off guard by this, but was willing to hear him out since he wasn't wrong. He makes a lot more than I do, and we've always split bills accordingly, which end up being about eighty percent him. I asked what he wanted me to pay now, and he was adamant about it being fifty fifty. I asked if everything was okay with his job or if he needed to t- uh, needed to take fewer hours, and he wouldn't answer me. I honestly wouldn't have gotten upset if there seemed to be an actual reason behind it, but he just said he'd been thinking about it a lot over and over, and every time. I asked what brought him to this conclusion and what is going on. Eventually, he just said, this is how it's going to be. Take it or leave it. Those exact words in response to literally everything I said. Full shutdown. No explanations. I told him that was fine. I'll take it. Um, And asked if he'd made a Zillow account yet or expected me to. Now, I don't know what Zillow account is, but I think it's like a house. Spell it. Z-I-L-L-O-W.
1: Yeah, so it's like a
0: real estate platform. Okay, cool. Um, He looked confused and asked why he would need a Zillow account. I explained there's no way I can afford half our rent in our current place, so we'll probably have to move into a one-bed apartment. He got mad and asked why I didn't have savings. I told him that I do, but I'm not paying rent out of my savings because that's a terrible and unsustainable idea. I also began to go over what our new food budget would be, our new entertainment budget, and that we probably would have to sell the cars and get one less expensive because I can't afford half the payments on an Audi and a Land Rover. Mm. I then explained that date nights would probably have to be reduced too, um, but we could still do things like buffalo wild wings or something. And I preferred Thursday (laughs) nights because you get two orders of boneless wings for one.
1: Oh, the gourmand. Do you remember when we went there? We, no. we took you guys there. It was, the, it was the place we went to with the wings, I guess. Oh, really? And when you guys came for the wedding,
0: yeah. I do not remember that. It's <laughs> um, not good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, so basically, if he wants me to pay half, we're living within my means, not his anymore. He kind of agreed to it, but since then he's been incredibly angry. He's not saying or doing anything, but it's like he's walking around the house in a cloud of piss. Sorry, a cloud of pissed offness. <laughs> I sent him six Zillow listings, all of which he's called uninhabitable for various reasons, some of which I think were valid, some I disagree with. He's now saying that I'm being unfair and manipulative, um, and that he tried to come with me with a. Ser- Sorry. tried to come to me with a serious concern about our relationship and I'm making it impossible for him to talk to me and bulldozing all over him. Am I the arsehole? No. Hmm.
1: I have a couple comments. Observations, if you will. Hit me. Well, when he was like, take it or leave it. And she's like, so I took it. That is, I'm impressed because to me with that, it's, my question would be how is this a partnership when you sit me down to say, this is what I decided, this is what's going to be happening and I'm telling you that based on what I earn, that's not possible Mm. and he's like, take it or leave it. So like, I think this person's actually really smart because then she's like, I take it. And now let's talk about how things are going to change in order for this to be achievable. Yeah. And did so in a really kind of reasonable and mature way. And his reaction, I'm not sure what he was hoping for. Mm -hmm. Like her basically contributing every cent she earned outside of her savings to cover her 50% portion and then being like, I don't have any money left over I guess you're gonna have to pay for all the fun things we do now I'm not sure if he was trying to like come up with like get her to leave him or break up with him or kind of like restrict her financial like security I guess I I would be questioning this guy's motives yep. big time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so no like his response is what makes him the asshole
0: yeah I mean, I'd get it if, if they were unequally, fair enough, yeah. mm-hmm. but they've gone into this partnership. He's f- fully aware mm-hmm. of how much he earns mm-hmm. and he's obviously created a life for them or they have together where he's fully aware she can't afford to pay 50% of the rent and the cars and, you know, their lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think a few things could be happening here. Like you said, I think he was trying to break up with her, but without actually doing it. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to find an easy way out, but she's called his bluff. (laughs) And now he's like, no, I'm mad because she won't do what I want her to do.
1: If she realizes that, though, then baby, leave him. Mm. He doesn't want to be with you. But anyway, yes, go on.
0: Or potentially something's happened in his life. Like he may have lost his job or yeah.
1: gambling debts or something. Gambling
0: something. debts, yeah, something like that. And now he's panicking about money, but he's not willing to actually be honest about it. Um or he's been speaking to someone. Friends, family. Yeah.
1: Maybe a little bit of toxic masculinity, glad handing going on, mm-hmm. a little circle jerking going on. Your woman yeah. needs to pay fifty percent, but also women are objects. Yeah, <laughs> And worthless somehow yeah. She should be pulling her weight Unless she's going to stay at home And service your needs I don't know um, But yeah I agree that maybe there's a little bit of like Why isn't your woman Paying 50% They want feminism and equality
0: Yeah Can't believe you're paying everything for her mate You need to fucking make her pay off <laughs> um, we'll get the
1: beers in son Lads lots. lads Lads lads, 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 lads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, uh, no, I don't think she's the asshole, and um, he either needs to explain what the fuck is going on, or
1: be a man and dumper. Yeah, if that's what he wants. Exactly. Like,
0: grow a pair, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I probably hmm. shouldn't be allowed to say that, should I? You
1: know, I'll let it slide this time. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good one. I hope she is thriving on her own, paying her own bills in living her best life because she can afford exactly what she needs and wants
0: and got rid of the dead weight yeah girlfriend get it hmm. well there we have it we've uh delved into true crime toxic masculinity and uh finances finances <laughs> all the important things and, uh, all the important things that's what we do here right well uh we'll catch you all next week and um in the meantime if you've got any questions dilemmas problems stories anything funny you want to share any soup recipes soup recipes
1: pictures (laughs) of your animals um your favorite thing that happened to you this week your favorite pair of socks yeah um Good pranks that you've committed. Yeah, share
0: your pranks. Ideas Give for me pranks. Tips. Give me some yeah. tips. Yeah, ideas for pranks.
1: <laughs> Ways for Gemma to not be pranked by Ellen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How I can protect myself, please.
1: <laughs> All right, cool.
0: I hope the best for you. Thank you very much. I'll keep you updated and um, hopefully don't sort of get tripwired down a set of stairs or anything too serious like that. <laughs>
1: I also hope you don't get home alone because then I'm going to have a problem. <laughs> Needs to be non painful pranks, okay. please. <laughs> All right, it's good to see you.
0: And you. Have a good one. I'll speak you to you soon. Bye. Bye.